What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. If this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for checking it out. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday on iTunes and Podomatic. And if you want to help support this podcast in a free way, you can take the time to do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes and then clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars, Say a few nice words, just a couple words gets it done, and that will help so much propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, and will uh, it will just help for more exposure for the artists that come on and help strangers find the podcast, and uh, it's, a, it's a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this show, and I cannot stress the importance enough of those iTunes reviews. So if you have a couple minutes and you have not done so yet, please take the time to do it. Take the next step in supporting this Dan Cable Presents podcast and supporting local and uh, touring artists. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances as well as live show performances and a, uh, a short documentary that I put out uh, at the beginning of 2018 on a band called Tribe Mars. So that is all up there, and you can hit subscribe on there as well. And that will uh, tune you into any new videos that hit the feed. We've got some live stuff coming out from the Doug Fur in these next couple months, which I'm stoked to release. We are uh, we're into the production and all that and getting the tunes all all cleaned up and and sounding good and and then we're off to the uh the video editing portion of things so i'm incredibly excited to share those so check out the youtube channel if you have not you can find other stuff at dancablepresents.com that is the central location for everything going on with this podcast and other content being produced uh also check out vortex music magazine a local uh, portland publication that i regularly contribute to and uh, there's going to be a really cool feature in this next uh, physical publication, which I'm really stoked to share with everybody. And uh, I just have a lot of love for uh, the Vortex Music Magazine family has been uh, incredibly supportive of uh, all things Dan Cable presents. So uh, much love to them. And uh, yeah, man, I'm stoked for this. We're kicking off the year. First episode of 2019 was a really great hang with a band called Green Mountain Guild. We're going to get into that momentarily. I hope all of you had um, some good holidays. Hope you got to spend some time with your uh, your friends and family like I did. Had a good trip down to California for a week, hanging there with friends and fam, and a nice, uh, nice little reset after uh, a, a crazy, hectic holiday schedule and uh i'm refueled i'm i'm pumped to like get all of the things for this year going there's there's a lot going on a lot in the works 
one of those things that I have going on this year is my uh, takeover of this new venue called The Library in uh, southeast Portland off of Hawthorne there. So I'm stoked to uh, be doing the booking over there for uh, most Friday nights. And we've got some things uh, on the schedule already. So uh, look out for a bunch of rad shows going on there, and I will keep you posted on, on dates for that. If you're listening to this on release day, there is one tonight, 1-4, January 4th, Bad Panda, Slam Dunk, and my buddy Salvatore Manalo, who is a former guest of this podcast. Um, let's get into this Green Mountain Guild, man. Re- what a cool conversation with a lovely group of people. Got such a warm vibe with all of them, and this is like one of those things where we did the podcast, and then for another 30 or 45 minutes, I got to hang out with them and, and bullshit a little bit more with them and, and get to know uh, this band and, and the people involved and, and kind of where these tunes come from. Can't say enough great things about this record, especially if you're a fan of like Rootsy Americana, huge harmonies and, and, and really raw energy uh jason's songwriting is is pretty unreal and and i thought we had a cool chat about um just the band's appreciation for that and and kind of how everything works within the band so just like a super fun fun hang to get things going they have an owl's den residency that is kicking off on january 6th this sunday seven nights over there at owl's den here in portland oregon different openers every night some friends and past guests will be making appearances on there including the frank Irwin quintet which i believe is the thursday night of the residency i'll put all the links in the episode notes so you can keep up with it also the jack maybe project that's going down on friday those are friends of mine so just a really cool lineup that they have going on there and like i said uh just a uh, a great hang and and a great way to to kind of get things kicked off for this year and um it was i had met jason a few times uh around town as he was playing with some other bands and and he had told me about this project and seemed pretty geeked about it and uh he had just kind of kept me in the loop that this record is getting released and i am i'm glad he did because i enjoy his tunes a lot and and getting to hang with Paul and Albert and Roberto was uh, such a pleasure. The only person we were missing was Callie, the other singer in the band. Um, but she's on the record and, uh, we talk a little bit about her and, and you'll hear her voice on, uh, on some of these tunes that we're going to feature most definitely. But, uh, yeah, just some, uh, some really great songwriting, some, some next level stuff and, uh, some, some beautiful people with, that are that are great musicians and uh just an all-around solid hang with these folks so thank you to green mountain guild for for having me over and having such a, a cool way to to kick off this year we've got episode 143 coming at you with green mountain guild all the episode notes or the notes will be in the episode the links will be in the episode notes you get it you understand they'll be there all the instagram handles and places to keep up with these folks and i'll uh, throw the owls den uh link up there as well so you know who is opening for them each night of the residency encourage you to come 
check this thing out. You can find me at Dan Cable Presents on Instagram. Dan Cable Presents at gmail.com is the email. Don't forget to leave your iTunes reviews, people. It's super helpful, and it only takes a couple minutes, and I appreciate the hell out of you for doing it. But I appreciate you anyways just for checking out the t- uh, checking out the show, rather, and... Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm stoked to get 2019 kicked off with a bang here. And uh, we're doing it. Here we go. This is off the new Green Mountain Guild record called Train. This is the first track off of it. It's the self-titled track. Let's get into it. Time has come to me. 
ready to do it. Green Mountain Guild. Um, yeah, stoked to sit down with y'all and, and talk to you about this this Green Mountain Guild project. I remember uh, I remember sitting down or seeing Jason around, and uh, you told me about this thing probably close to two years ago. That's true. When I ran into you when you were playing with Livy pretty often. Yes, the Livy Connor band. I was yeah. playing bass in that band. And uh, yeah, I remember you telling me about about this band and you being like really excited about it and just I'm still excited. <laughs> That's awesome. It's true. I've been I've been I've been uh, harassing people to try and listen to our music. I think it's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that you did harass me. <laughs> I'm happy yeah. I'm happy to be included in those harass, you know. Um I was pretty blown away by by the record you sent me. So I'm stoked to to dive into the everything on it. And we've got we got Paul, the the drummer of the band, and and Albert, the bass player. Hi there. And uh, Roberta on the, the violin. Hello. Um, and Callie's not here. Callie is not here. She's right. the the other voice. That yeah, you Callie's hear on the, the, the co lead singer. Yeah, <clears throat> she's is, in um, New Mexico currently. Right on. Um, so how does uh, how does this Green Mountain Guild all all kind of start? Well. I think, if I remember correctly, it started. As far as I mean, where does it begin? You know, it, it it started with me giving giving Paul a call and saying, "Hey, we should play music again together." We had we had a group um, that I believe we started in when was that? Called the Addiction Dream, and it was a trio. And we put a lot of energy into it, and ended up we we released an album, played a couple shows, and then broke up immediately after. <laughs> and then since then i um i think in the in the in the interim i had a, a chamber group that i wrote for and played flute and i tried to get paul interested in that he had no interest in playing that with that which is totally understandable because it was basically like fairy tale chamber music <laughs> you can imagine and then not, um not paul's one thing really <laughs> no space for rhythm and then when I started writing for this group, I sent him a couple songs, and he was interested. And so we started building Green Mountain Guild. Yeah, was the band that you guys played prior in anywhere near the same genre? Or? Um, it was classified as prog rock by um, the people that were listening to it, which was mostly people in um, Eastern Europe, to be honest. We, <laughs> we had no listeners here yeah. in the States, no but we had... Cared. Yeah, we had quite a few listeners overseas, which was which was kind of cool, um, and they believed that it was prog rock, and we, so we kind of went with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how how does uh, Albert and Roberta make their way into the fold of the band? So okay, so um, I put out a Craigslist ad looking for a bass player, and Albert was the first person to respond i believe and at our first get together play playing together i can't speak uh he was it just gelled we're like oh my gosh yeah this is perfect this yeah, is exactly heard, what heard, we're looking for i heard the demos that you know you know you see the craigslist posting and kind of check out the demos and i'm thinking you know my wife was listening too and she was saying 
wow, that stuff sounds really good, you know? And I was, I think so too. Let's go check these guys out. You know, and, 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 you, you, and then I'm going out to meet these guys and she's saying, so where are you going to be? And are, are they going to like take your, are they going to, is this like a, what, you know, who are these people, you know? It wasn't a sketchy little building in Vancouver. It's true. 24-hour access off of Lincoln in Vancouver. Yeah. I was, I was living in Washougal at the time and you were, that was your rehearsal space, right? With yeah. a, with another group, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah, and Albert showed up and just blew us away, and we're like, "Please nice play with us." Y'all just kind of immediately hit it off too, aside from digging the tunes and <clears throat> whatnot, going into it. Oh yeah, these guys, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. It's, yeah, it's as a group, like personnel wise, everyone's really chill. Like it's it's pretty drama free. That is definitely the vibe I get after hanging with you guys for maybe 10 minutes now. It just seems very <laughs> laid back and, uh, yeah, just a, a warm environment. Yeah, although, to be honest, we haven't actually hung out together for a while. So maybe a couple <laughs> more hours we'll start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the, Who knows? on the 12th, ask us again. <laughs> so, so then, like, <clears throat> Roberta and I had played together in another band mm-hmm. called Arabesque. We played music for belly dancers playing Middle Eastern music. And, you know, Jason was, we were think, looking for other musicians. And I said, I know this woman that plays violin and sings great. And just maybe she would work, you know. Wait, but it, it happened in two different ways. Because okay. I, from what I remember is that I contacted uh, Sharon Cannon, who used to play in that, in that chamber group that I was telling you about, um, called the Waking Guild, another guild. I'm a nerd, sorry. <laughs> and... Uh, Sharon suggested Roberta, and then I think I brought it up to you, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's funny. I used to play with Roberta. And so it was just sort of a natural, okay, let's bring her in. And it worked. Yeah, did you take to the tunes pretty quickly as well, Roberta? Yeah. Pretty into it from the get-go? Definitely the ones in G minor, not so much the ones in like (laughs) (laughs) flat minor, you know? There are some strange keys. (laughs) Roberta has got um, just a really keen sense of of melody and so she comes up with some really beautiful melodies yeah yeah and and do the songs all kind of stem from skeletons of tunes that you've written jason is that how so far kinda... that's how it's been yeah i've tried to coerce folks into writing more but uh i've been the sole writer as mm-hmm. uh, this far and things could change and that would be great because for up till now it's been pretty insular although Everyone's input really helps when it comes to like arranging, and songs really kind of blossom when I, when it comes into the room. And basically, I you know I'll bring in the changes and I'll be like, A, do we like this? And B, do we want to like try some stuff out? And everyone kind of puts their input in. And mm-hmm. yeah, so there's some room for some creativity amongst everybody else and oh, yeah. kind of yeah. hearing everybody's ideas on top of like this skeleton that you've kind of brought for to sure the band. i'm I, would you say i'm pretty flexible as far as like oh, oh of course and i think blossom is the right <coughs> word especially like it was super weird to see you play some of these songs by yourself up at uh up at alberta street pub it, it is weird to play summer. solo <laughs> <laughs> and, it's a uh, strange thing yeah, right. Because they are they're different songs mm-hmm. uh, for me. For as a li- as a listener and yeah. sometimes participant, it's like they're much different songs when you play them by yourself. Mm-hmm. Kind of when yeah, when we do the thing, when we do our thing, it's yeah, it's it's just blossoming. It's kind of like you've got a garden of four plants all of yeah. a sudden that are different colors and different shapes, but it's the same garden that we're all living in. Yeah, it, it's like a reduction. When I'm I've been playing, I think I played like forty five solo shows this year. 
only because I've been living in what feels like a different state <laughs> on, on the border of California, um, down in Ashland area. And um, so I've been, yeah, I kind of made a reduction of everything to, to get, to just continue, just keep the torch alive, really. I've been yeah. playing mostly like uh, food and beverage gigs and stuff like that. For Wineries, sure. hotels. Yeah, I would imagine that. It feels a little empty with just playing playing the tune solo, and you you probably have to like make a lot of compromises or or ways to fill the songs and make them Definitely. feel bigger just Definitely. on your own. And there are some songs I just couldn't play because they were written for rhythm, you know, like Train. I could never play that yeah. one solo, yeah. for instance. Um, yeah. What is it about for the the rest of you? What is it about Jason's songwriting that that you guys appreciate and like what kind of keeps you invested in in this project uh, i mean i think uh we did a previous radio interview where the where the fella said haunting you described the songs as haunting i guess for me that's the big thing is like i mean even the new songs that we did what two or three weeks ago Mm -hmm. Like I felt like we immediately knew how to how to haunt them, how to haunt the piano, you know, because you came with the, with the piano lines, you know, some of the vocals and some ideas, and I feel like we're 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 good ghosts in that way to just kind of creep into the seams a little bit. I don't I don't think it's just experience playing together a lot. I think there's also it's just the you know I mean you've heard the songs, they're, yeah, they're just beautiful haunting songs. How could, it's yeah. like it would be hard to not play them. I think, <laughs> awesomely, you know. So we can hard. tell Paul loves <laughs> melancholy. Paul's, Paul's pretty into this band, <laughs> which is good because he's in it's it. It's great, yeah. And it's a good question because, I mean, I think from the point of view of if you're if 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 a person is a songwriter who wants to have a band to play their music, it can be really hard to find people. Mm -hmm. I mean, because from like a lot of times, if you kind of picture it, you know, other people might be going like, well. You know what's in it for me? I mean, why would I care about your music? Uh, you know, it's it's just your music. But Jason's a great songwriter, man, and it's and it's oh, um, and uh, I feel inspired and challenged by the music that he's bringing to us, and and uh, it, you know, it opens up my uh, you know my mind to you know his way of thinking about music, and um, and and I anyway, I look at what he's you know the chord chord progressions and whatever stuff that interests me and i'm thinking this stuff is really rich you know it's it's there's there's stuff going on here which mm, makes me feel good and interest, <laughs> interested you know what do you think roberta i i i think rich is a very good way of describing it i think it's very rich music and to your point paul about um it blossoming i suppose in terms of and just us getting better playing as a band and what like that versus just the songwriting as a standalone thing. And I, what I noticed since we played together in our rehearsal two weeks ago <laughs> is that singular, but I think even, even since then I was just noticing, I think we all have kind of uh, continuously developed our ability to develop these songs. So Jason has these wonderful bones laid out. And I think we are becoming more and more sophisticated at creating really nice arcs within his songwriting, which is an exciting to see that kind of trajectory. Yeah, just kind of yeah. gaining a better understanding for what he's bringing to the table and mm -hmm. how to complement that. But, I mean, yeah, the the compositions are v 
very not like straight ahead rock and roll songs or folk songs. So I would imagine for like that makes playing in this band super fun mm -hmm. because super it's fun. yeah, yeah. there's just like a lot of a lot of space within the songs and then also the fact that there is you know some space for you for y'all to like make your creative input known too mm -hmm. i think is is probably something that adds to to making it special that you're not just some necessarily just a role player in the band you know exactly. he's not coming this is the baseline you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah, no, <laughs> they. I couldn't come up with the bass lines that Albert, I mean, he's literally, like, the other day when we sat together, we played, we went over six new songs that we're going to do at the shows, and just immediately what everyone was coming up with was just like, oh, yeah, that's it. It might be that we've yeah. played together, um, but it's been a year and a half since we played that rehearsal, and it was just like, just clicked right in, so. Yeah, aside from, like, the songwriting dynamic, is there something that you all are like kind of recognize as something like special within the chemistry between what you guys do or sure what you're asking like is there something different about this experience playing with this group of people um that you haven't found or that you really dig that has not existed in in other projects that you so all might play with for me it's like the confluence of the factors that makes this stuff unique is kind of like the, the you know the, the push the artistic push to do better plus just the super quality you know writing and form of the songs plus kind of everyone's uh, comfortability with adding their different pieces to it and the soup never tastes bad even though we just keep <laughs> make, keep throwing stuff into this soup, it never tastes bad. So I guess that's it for me, is all of the things put together. Yeah, I think the challenge um, for us is that we're, we, well, we were a five-piece. Um, we'll be a five-piece for our, for our album release, but essentially now we're a four-piece. So it's, it's finding ways of using all our instruments so that not every song sounds the same, you know, keeping it diverse with what we have, you know. I think that's kind of been the biggest challenge. I think we've we've definitely taken some strides towards that, but I think there's more to be done for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, your songwriting we're, makes it we're still like in the toddler stage of our writing with this group. So it's it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Yeah, and yeah, you have you been writing songs just forever or what i i began writing songs um when i was 19 i think 1994 i started playing out um, as a solo musician i released an album under my name and then um <clears throat> i played for for uh, i think until 2000 and oh no until 98 and then i started Mostly playing, I, I had my uh, some other groups. I mostly started playing for other people, and I played as a back background player for a long time, a sideman for a long time. Yeah. Until we, uh, Paul and I got together. Well, quite a few instruments too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like quite a few instruments. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen you play I, bass I with Livy and switching you know, up. Yeah. You talked about playing flute. I earlier. love to learn. Yeah, I I played um, I played guitar, acoustic guitar, and sang for my first album. It's like a folk album. Um. I think maybe the next uh, instrument I play in the band was a trumpet. 
And I, and I played the trumpet and maybe like... Then you had your glockenspiel phase, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I played the trumpet very poorly. I played. I went to Mount Hood Community College and I played in the jazz bands, in the, in the B band there. Um, I wasn't very good. And at some point, uh, a good friend of mine plays, played the flute and he was like, I'm really sucking at the flute. And I was like, I'm really sucking at the trumpet. And so we switched instruments for about, uh, for a weekend actually. And at the end of that weekend, we both decided to keep each other's instruments. Mm. And since then, I I, um, I studied at the time. I was um, I was singing with Portland Opera for a couple of years. And the the flute the the principal fl- flutist of the um, of the orchestra there, George Ann Rice. Um, I talked to her about taking some lessons. And I had only been self taught up till then. And when I came in for my first lesson, she was like, "Well, who have you studied with? Because your your technique is really good." I was like. No one. I was like, <laughs> she's like, wow, you're a natural. I was like, thank God, because the trumpet was such a pain in the butt, and I sucked <laughs> at it. So, um, so that that felt refreshing. It was like nice to have something come easy. And yeah, I, I played the the keys, and I played the guitar when um, yep. in in the band that Paul and I used to play in, and bass in Livy's band. Yeah, and, and, I would, and some other bands. I mean, I would imagine having an understanding of that many different instruments is just a lot of different writing tools for yourself. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And and the th- and the other instrument, you know, of course, that Jason oh, is, right. is a master of <laughs> is the voice, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that's like that's one of the that's the other thing in terms of like what makes this like this music worthwhile for everybody else is like there's so many people I mean, there's just not that many um really great voices around, you know. And Jason and Callie both Callie, are man, just like her voice both just exceptional fantastic singers you know and yeah it's just uh you just don't get that you know you don't find that very often and um so it's a great opportunity to to be in a a band with really good voices <laughs> yeah. yeah and it, i think it's just, i don't know maybe it's just because i saw you kind of when i first met you, you were just playing bass for livy but like it it was very un- like I didn't know what to expect like out of the music and I like it, I just feel like like when I heard the voice I was just like what dude this guy like <laughs> what the fuck is the bass player yeah, no like it, it was just uh yeah it was just it it definitely uh took me back a little bit and I was mm. I was like this is very familiar but it also very unique at the same time like Thank you. yeah and I th- think just like your vocal takes on the on the whole record are just yeah super rad and just outstanding and then yeah just the uh the way you and Callie's voices complement each other on the record yeah, is just totally. unreal and yeah we're gonna miss Callie we, mm-hmm. we get a precious week with her and then she's gone for another year she's like I'll be really? back next winter to play some more shows with you mm. like no <laughs> breaking news to Paul right here on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> He's probably got a newsflash to happen. <laughs> but you have the record also that record. does have uh, her wonderful voice on it. And mm-hmm. that was the other thing is, you know, Train just kind of kicks off with you singing. So, like, when her voice came in, I was like, my heart melted. I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> this band is really cool. Um, all of the instruments, like, on the record, like, kind of very rootsy and 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 raw i feel like yeah you're playing stand-up bass mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which i think sounds killer like it's it's great um is there something 
that uh, something about like the rawness of of all the instruments that you guys are kind of drawn to, aside from like opposed to some big loud guitars and and things of that nature? Well, I think for me, being the singer. I don't want to have to sing over a lot of volume, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. No, that's. So by making that space and the arrangements can really help for live performance and recorded performance. You know, obviously recorded, you can up the volume on the vocals, but for the most part, what you hear on the album is kind of what you hear live. Like it, we added there was some a couple overdubs we did. Like Mark Hutchinson came in played on two songs, Runaway and 12. He's playing uh, tenor sax. And um, amazing player. Mark's amazing. Crazy. The yeah, saxophone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It really takes those songs. So, yeah, Mark. Mark's actually going to join us on Saturday at Al's Den for our last show. So that'll be sweet to have him. And, and he's expressed interest in the future. So that'll be fun to um, include that. Yeah. But the, the whole... I. Y- the thing about the organic sounds, you know, the acoustic instruments, um, you know, acoustic drums, acoustic, you know, stand-up bass, the violin, the piano. I don't know. To me, I'm attracted to naturalistic sounds, you know? Yeah. They say there's a warm. I like warmth in music, so mm-hmm. that is my favorite kind, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. acoustic instruments, you know? There's but. nothing to hide behind. Yeah, right. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like what I take away from it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like what gives it that warmth that you were talking about too, mm-hmm. from listening anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hope people still appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad that you said something like that. I, no, I, th- I think there's a, a huge demographic that appreciates the, the hell out of that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think, most musicians are like going when they listen to this record can pick up that it does very much have like this live feel to it you know it doesn't sound like there's a bunch of overdubs or or polish on it you know it just feels like a bunch of capable musicians you know like doing like serving the song i think but yeah yeah Yeah, and it was recorded we recorded the 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 piano and the bass and the drums all live you know Mm -hmm. all you know um original rhythm uh you know rhythm section tracks mm-hmm. so like you've got the full band you know you know the the full rhythm section um just grooving together you know and yeah. so so you can't there's no click you know click tracks i don't think i don't think I don't we know. used well, there are different rooms with windows yeah but still but we're playing <laughs> we, we, we could see each other mm-hmm. yeah. just playing together mm-hmm. yeah we were isolated so we could see each other but um yeah well, i think we recorded we recorded 11 songs um, in two days, and then um, two of those songs didn't make it. They just didn't have the the juice, which is fine. We kind of knew that we'd have to slough off some of it, you know. Yeah, was that pretty much made like a, a collective decision? Like everybody was kind of like, "These aren't." Um, I think working. I that made an executive <laughs> decision, right. but I think they would have agreed. I mean, just um, they just weren't as tight. I would say, you know, as like even before before we did any overdubs. We kind of like listened through everything, and I was like, "Yeah, those ones are just not." I think I was sucking on one of them pretty bad, and then, and I was sucking on another one. Yeah, no, I don't. 
Where is this Could conversation going? I want to suck too, guys. All never sucks. Man. He's always on. Everybody always sucks. Every, yeah. Everybody sucks sometimes. We all suck. So, so yeah, then we did the the vocals and the and Roberta played on the, as an overdub with the violin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mark. Obviously. I mean, I definitely appreciate you know when you record some songs and decide to cut them. And I think that shows. Strong character, because not everybody is willing to go into like a studio. I don't think everybody's willing to record songs and not put them all on the record. Sometimes, oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah which I'm, can be a, you, yeah, that which can be a big mistake. You know, yeah. you've got to be honest about what you've really got. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. And to have it make sense, like I think this this record, your train record, is definitely something that's it's best listened to front to back, like front to back, if you have the time. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but doesn't mean the songs don't stand alone on their own. But I think there seems to be like theatrical elements to the oh, songwriting. Yeah. So okay, here's <laughs> a little here's a little backstory on that. I grew up. Um, my parents ran a theater in the in Green Mount in the Green Mountains of Vermont. That's where the name comes from. It, uh, they ran a theater for 26 years in rural Vermont. They were both uh, university teachers, and they kind of during the back to land back to the land movement they were like all right let's go make art on a piece of land somewhere with you know a bunch of other people and converted the barn uh as living space and um slowly grew the theater and so i grew up around theater so that's definitely what you're hearing is probably all like musical theater influence and stuff like that um and so yeah so when my dad passed in 2010 i um decided to use the name of their theater for my new musical project because it, it was kind of an homage to them. That's awesome. We man. were trying to think of a name. I think our, we, we had the name Tender... Tenderlings. Tenderlings for a while. <laughs> I don't know. Who's I can't remember how... <laughs> who came up with that? I don't remember. It was... Roberta said it first. I think it was not mine. It was probably me. She also me. shook her know. head first. <laughs> 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 um, and then, yeah, once... once And then when I thought about it with my dad, I was like, yeah, this feels like the right thing to do. Obviously, it's more personal for me than the rest of the band, but um, a lot of people are like, well, you're playing a solo show as Green Mountain Guild, and I've got to kind of go through the whole spiel, like... It really is a guild, I promise you. <laughs> They're all up in Portland, so. Uh, it's rad that it has actually has like a special meaning because a lot of time band names don't. It and, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like especially once you get like Gravity's the second track on the record, like I think that's a great example of like a theatrical oh, definitely, jam, and definitely. and yeah. I think you just like are really good at telling a story through the music you know mm, like you. i could see an entire like short film or whatever just listening to that one track you know there it has a lot of different places yeah. that it goes yeah, we gotta, that, outside we gotta, like, we gotta make the too. videos for all these songs <laughs> that, <laughs> well that song that song really does have a pretty poignant story i mean I, I wrote it after reading some articles on the mars one project and um i i kind of i was already a dad at that point and I kind of keyed into one of the people that had um, volunteered to go. I, I think it was 20 people in total um, uh, that were going to Mars, that are going going to go to Mars, and they're going to 
try and start a community, grow food, like basically be self-sustaining up there. But they all know that they're not going to make it because there's no there's no way back. Yeah, they're not coming back, yeah. even if they do make it. So this song is called Gravity, and it's basically from the point of view of the dad who's orbiting the Earth, looking back and going, what have I done? I've left my, my family behind for this self-serving thing. So, yeah. So in that way, it, it is very theatrical. Well, and, <laughs> sure. what, and what humility? It's not self-serving. It serves humanity. Well, it's yes. a, what an expression of your humility, though. I guess it's from where your your standpoint is. Yeah, I yeah. guess it could be like selfish from the standpoint of the family. And like yeah, that. I think like in my mind, it was like he wanted the glory and he wanted to like he wanted he wanted his name to go up and you know as a remembrance thing. Like he felt like he had to do something great like that to be known and to be to be remembered. Yeah. Do you know about that TV series, The First, that came out recently? No. It's on Hulu. Ooh, I'll have to uh, take a look. It's a Sean Penn uh, thing, but that the whole okay. thing is about the first trip to Mars and oh, just cool. kind of like goes deep into like each character and like what that means for the people involved in their lives. So okay. you should check that out. I'm a big sci-fi buff. <laughs> it's so pretty rad. I'll be right there. Yeah. Um, are lyrics something for the rest of you that you pay attention to? Um, like when Jason's bringing songs to the table or does that spark curiosity? Do you, do you wonder or, or have conversations about it with them? I guess for me, I don't, I never listen to the words <laughs> when we're, for, when we're playing them. Awesome. Um, but cause I mean, you know, for me, it's like, uh, you know, playing the, playing the songs is like a selfish experience. I do it because of the way I feel when I play with you guys in a band. But of course, eventually, I'm in the position to be able to listen and, and turn into a listener. And at that point, I mean, I've, I guess we've probably just, I've heard enough songs that I know I'll, I'll never be disappointed. And I never have. Even I when know. I get really cheesy about my family? Mm-hmm. No, you I know, even, don't, even don't stop loving, dude. <laughs> like, I kind of want to, like, while, the, while that song that is end. happening, like, I kind of want to be <laughs> like I want you to be singing that song to Honey, me. did you hear that? <laughs> I don't think we're recording yet, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, this is all just the pre this is where we just get to know each other and then we start recording. Um yeah, how about you, Roberta? Do you like connect to the words? Oh, to the lyrics, it? yeah. No. I mean, I do now. It's really great that we had these recordings that we've been practicing too. <laughs> because all of a sudden, I know what every song is about. After a year and a half hiatus as a band, I'm listening to them and I'm practicing. And I'm like, oh, that's what he's saying there. Oh, wow. Because there are like certain hooks where we have three-part harmonies and I totally know what we're saying for those little bits. But beyond that, it's been a bit of a mystery. So it's been fun to learn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so Roberta's our sandwich harmony master. Yeah, so Cal is usually taking the the top harmony. Although you're switching, sometimes you switch within a song. Too. Yeah, a little bit, but it gets a little tricky there. Yeah. yeah, I think that's like a pretty killer focal point of like the the entire like all of the songs. It's they're very like, the harmonies vocal, are yeah. unreal. Like they're yeah. they're so good. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, Jason, is it easy for you? Like I know you you do have some songs that are seem to definitely be like emotionally driven from from family stuff but is it easy for you to do something like that gravity song where you're kind of maybe telling somebody else's story or like seeing it um, through their eyes i actually i kind of like doing that and i i do it quite a bit um usually i'll when when i'm writing songs i'm not thinking of words the words always come after for me every single time 
Um, and for a long time, I'll be just ad-libbing, and they can they can tell you I'll just be singing random words and humming and trying different melodies as we go through songs. Um, and I, I like taking stories from books. I, I've got quite a few songs that are from different books that are. I like um, portraying something from someone else's mind, so that it's not always so personal. I mean, I do have some songs that are personal, but I kind of prefer to be an outside viewer in that way. Right on. Yeah. Is, that, is that also like the songwriters that uh, seem to have the most impact on, on you as well? Or do you think that's... I mean, I, no. I Yeah, I would say yes and no. It's probably a mix of both, you know, of both personal experience and... But I, do, I can appreciate when someone can take someone else's story and... Yeah, I think I, I really like that. Cool. Yeah. Right on. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, Runaway is is my favorite track on the record. And so I figured we, we'd maybe get into that one. Mm. Um, Good song. Yeah, is there... Uh, where's this song come from? So Callie wrote the lyrics for this one. In fact, Callie wrote the lyrics for Runaway and uh, Lonely Sea on the album. Okay. Yeah, and she's been actually writing lyrics from afar uh, for the past year and a half. There's been a couple songs that I've sent to her, and she sends them back complete with beautiful lyrics. She's she's a great lyricist. Um, it's a lot, it's minor, a lot more obvious, you know, like you can kind of tell what I'm talking about. Hers are a little more like There's some okay, mi- mystery to more it. More mystery, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's a great the, lyricist. Lyrically, I had this realization about this particular song, Runaway. It occurred to me uh, recently, you know, we've heard, this is one of the songs we've played a lot um, when we were gigging and stuff. And then I was just kind of going through the lyrics and thinking, running through my head. And and then I was sort of saying them to myself. And then I was thinking of, there's this one little couplet. She says, run away slowly. And I thought, Mm -hmm. whoa, run away (laughs) slowly? (laughs) You know, like that's kind of strange and it i like makes it sense, you know yeah. <laughs> how can you run slowly you know? well you, you know want the person to yeah, go away really fast you want them to go away but maybe not so quickly i don't know yeah absolutely <laughs> no this is just definitely like the song that that really like sucked me into the record and, mm-hmm. and i just thought there was like a very cool vibe to it and it, it's uh, got a groove too which is we, we don't have a ton of songs that have grooves but whenever we do play them they're they're the most satisfying to play for sure for sure well, let's uh, yeah, let's get into this song. This is uh, "Runaway" off the the new Green Mountain Guild record. Runaway.
love the saxophone in that jam particularly who who did you say played sax his name is mark hutchinson mark hutchinson he's amazing crushes on this record yeah and and mark just like i actually called a couple people um and i was referred to mark i actually hadn't met mark in real life before um i'm not sure why i should have at this point but um yeah he um he came in and just i think he did i think we did three takes on the two songs each and then he walked out the door and it yeah. was like wow <laughs> you know i i we had you know there's like so much to work with you know so yeah every take was great so it was just at that point of deciding which one to keep and um yeah it's interesting he's uh he's a uh, he's a dad also so on that album we have three dads playing which i think is pretty cool <laughs> three power dad yeah and yeah. you mentioned uh before we got into that song that you felt like that that's one of the songs that has some groove on it. Yes. And yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, okay. So those "Runaway" and "12" um, were two songs that we recorded on the first EP that we released, um, which had four songs on it. We ended up recording them again because we didn't like the way that the drums and bass were recorded on the first album. So we decided to do those again. And because we had done them again, I was like, these need to be different than the first one. On the first one, we had Roberta playing. It was really beautiful. Totally different feel. Um, for both of them and then for this one i was like we should do something different because it's literally the same song you know so yeah uh, and 12 is like another one of those songs that is just like such a like wild composition dude like that <laughs> that's a that's a killer track yeah thank you um that one uh have you read the book the painted bird i haven't it's it takes place um that's another depressing story it takes place in uh in uh uh, in World War II, and basically this boy is fleeing from village to village trying to get away from the Nazi presence. and So that's what it's about. He's 12 years old. That's mm. the name of the song. Yeah, and I don't know. You, you, you were kind of saying that you felt like Runaway is one of the, the only songs that kind of has like a groove and on the record, but I think the thing that kept like blowing me away throughout was that I couldn't ever get like a read on like what necessarily like what the band is capable of like from maybe like a songwriting <laughs> standpoint like in the best of way like every okay. like there was so many songs that I was just like how did we get here like this is it is a little yeah it, but it's like, a little it's, frenetic it feels way. super cohesive still like the record feels like it yeah because it's all together us. Yeah, yeah absolutely it's just like that was one of those things like that it just kept exploring these different dynamics and I was kind of blown away by we do like how different explore. everything was, you know? And Thank you. I would think that that's like just another one of those things that like keeps things fun and interesting as a band. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, Albert sent me a tune recently and so we're going to start working on some new t tunes by Albert and yeah, that'll be even open the door even deeper. I mean, so far, like I said, it's been a little bit insular, as far as like bare bones writing yeah now once it comes into the arrangement part it's just like it opens up and can go in many different directions in fact some of this the, the end of lonely sea which is you're not going to hear in this podcast but i can't remember how we got to that ending but i think i remember paul just being like frustrated with being having to play so slow all the time and finally he, suddenly he just like goes off on this groove and albert just picks right up into it and then that just created the tail end of that song which was, <laughs> which is, I mean, yep. we, we are playing pretty slow. It's definitely like slow music. 
and and some of those songs as we're going to play them live i'm probably going to want to speed them up a little bit because now they seem really slow mm-hmm. maybe because i've been playing them by myself too much i don't know not, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> turtle it's turtle music we're not sure. afraid to play slow yeah i mean it's syncopated and, and there could be a lot going on in the beat but it, they're pretty slow the, the tempos are pretty slow yeah everything's pretty interesting though even though yeah. the temples tempos are a little slower it doesn't mm-hmm. yeah it's it's still feels pretty engaging oh to well me. that's good to and hear i would i haven't seen you play live yet but i would because there are so many different things going on i think it would I would assume it's also engaging to watch what's happening too. With I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll see. I'll be there. I'll be there at Al's Den on one Excellent. of those nights. You know? So, um, for Roberta and Albert, like playing um, in this band, is it is it unique in any way for for either of you playing with like a stand up bass player um, or playing with a violin player? Is that something that you've done in the past, and does that like change the dynamic to what you're doing at all? I mean, that kind of, for me, that feels almost a little more in my wheelhouse than playing with a drum kit. Cause I've just like Albert and I met through playing Middle Eastern music together. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of my comfort zone, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, there's a few places where we have these things that we do string section wise, bass and violin and and this is something I'm hoping to to do more of as we go along as a band. But where we where we put the two, um, you know, because I can play, you know, either jazz bass style with the fingers or with the bow. And and um, and I have this. We 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 pull off a few moments in our music where we're both bowing little sections where maybe it's just the two of us and we're playing these kind of chamber music kind of style. Um, uh, like a little a little string duo thing going on, and and <clears throat> that kind of really um, is isn't is a dimension to this band that I'm super excited about. Um, finding more places to do that kind of thing, um, it just because uh, it's kind of like where my interest as a musician is kind of pushing me is is into because I've never really played classical music. I've always played bluegrass and jazz and salsa and uh you know um different kinds of folk music and singer songwriters so i'm getting interested in in chamber music and bach and whatever you know different kinds of um uh string music so i'm i'm looking for chances to uh you know bring in those kinds of um those kinds of uh influences into our into this band yeah i just think the string work is like so so rad on the record from on both of your parts and i think the stand-up bass definitely like adds this whole other element mm-hmm. for me at least mm-hmm. like as a listener i was just like right away i was like oh they're playing stand-up bass yeah. on this, this, is, this is super <laughs> well, dope yeah so i i yeah i was an electric bass player you know and i had an acoustic bass and i didn't really play it much i always played the electric um and moved to portland in um 2009 from Alaska and I just stopped playing electric bass and just haven't just done nothing but acoustic string bass since then and it's like I, I mean I don't even I haven't touched my electric bass in years but you know I just have um, it's become my thing it's what I want to do all the time so I'm really psyched about it 
Yeah, is there any added element for you, Paul? Like playing with the is this the first time you've played with a stand-up bass player consistently? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it is. It's uh there is an animated thing cuz like as a I I talk um uh to anyone who'll listen about how drums isn't really an instrument, right? It's more like dancing. That like you know, these guys have to pay attention to notes and stuff and care about what key they're in and whether they're in tune. I just dance behind like some buckets essentially. <laughs> And so when when Albert gets behind that stand up bass, he's a, he's a lot more animated. It is a little bit more like dancing with another dancer in the room, whereas uh, you know, kind of piano is is sitting behind a thing. Um, well, a lot, yeah, a lot of other instruments and guitarists also just kind of tend to stand and look, you know, or they're showing off and not looking at me, so I don't care what they're doing. But yeah, so Albert, play, you're exactly <laughs> right. Albert playing that stand up bass, there's like a, some kind of a dance element that I can kind of hit. Or just even an added feel yeah. for you. Yep. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, Paul just has, uh, you know, I love his his grooves and and it's just a constant. Um, you know, we inspire each other. I think you can say love fest. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> sounds like it's a dance fest. Actually, is yeah, what, right. what you're calling uh-huh. it. Well, but the songs, yes, it would be a dance fest, and then the songs are so slow. <laughs> Yeah, and Jason, are you writing a lot, like primarily on keys or or guitar, or is it a um, little bit of both? I've written maybe eight new songs on guitar that I haven't shown these guys. It's totally in another world. Yeah, I've been playing them for my daughter. She like loves listening to me play guitar. She's like ten months old, so it's pretty easy to entertain her. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but I don't. I sent one to Callie, and she was like, hmm. <laughs> so we'll we'll see if any of those make the cut. I don't know. I'm, I I like the sound we're going for. I could imagine, and we tried this before, but I think we might try it again. Is bringing in a, a cellist perhaps and opening up them, and and just doing more, spending more time arranging for strings too. Um, I'd also like to incorporate more saxophone if everyone's into it too. I'm, I into really it. I'm love not in the band, <laughs> but I'm, I'm very into it. Actually. I really love that. I love the timbre of saxophone and violin together, especially. There's yeah. something mm-hmm. about those two instruments that actually really jive together. Um, so what we're really looking for is a, a musician who doubles on cello and sax, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hutchinson, if you're listening does out he, there, uh, play cello as well. <laughs> no, I, well, I, he might. I I need to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and as far Paul touched on the haunting elements of of the tunes, and I think that's something that uh, you do extremely well is kind of turning these haunting songs into something beautiful. Mm. Is that? I've never really thought of that. I don't I, know. It's almost like a to me. It's almost like a Tom York thing of mm. like from Radiohead, kind of doing this thing where like you have like this beautiful song that you find ways to almost like sabotage in some ways to like make them feel like dark and haunting. And sometimes you, I feel like you kind of do that. I'm trying to look into my, my notes here, but I feel there's, there's one track I'm thinking of right now that I feel like starts off very, maybe not super easily, easy listening. And Mm. you turn it into like this super beautiful song, Mm. lonely sea. Oh, I'm thinking right, Lonely right, Sea. Right. Yep. And that's like one of those songs. Yeah. Beginning. Like it kicks off like with this kind of like haunting piano thing going on. Is that, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. And the, vi- the yeah, violin, yeah, yeah. piano, violin. Yeah. 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 And then 
it's oh, a super it, dark then song, it gets but to then a it, beat, yeah, yeah, and then it gets like into this beautiful point. Like I feel like you do that really well. And oh, thank I don't you. know if that's like done consciously at all. No, I, when I write, I I'm not thinking math at all. In fact, I'm really poor at math. So when we're in rehearsal, I, I'll be like, Albert, what's this? Mm-hmm. I'll play a chord. I mean, I I can do it, but I'm really slow at it. So like for me, writing is all about my ears. I don't know when I write songs, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then later I'll write charts and make it in, make it sense for people like Mark to come in and like look at it and be, well, I, yeah, I know this. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, I get that like a similar vibe on everybody knows, which is, I don't know. The verses are just like, so can be like jarring and brutal. And yeah. Then, that was, a, um, that's a very, that, that is another personal song. I won't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> but airwaves you're able to like slide into this chorus that it's like so vibrant and beautiful like you know mm, thank you i just think that those like just juxtapositions are very cool I, I, I think that probably comes from listening to a lot of classical music you'll you, right wouldn't you say roberta i mean you hear this a lot in classical music where um if it's not the different sections it'll be within one section where you're you're alternating between minor and major modes and and yeah, it's just very descriptive, and it can switch, and it's usually very. Um, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just and giving then, you and, shit for not and, speaking <laughs> in the microphone. He was. Oh, okay. You're good. I saw a You're finger right. going You're up good, in the air. Dude. I wasn't sure. No, what a great example though of that too. That's a perfect example, I think, of the way that uh, the way that Jason seems like it seems like you don't even think about the juxtaposition stuff that happens in most of the songs that we play and yeah. it, I, i'm i'm shocked to hear you say that yeah there's not a whole lot of thinking in fact i'm not one to sit there and edit like our uh, like I, I i usually when i bring stuff into you guys it's like the first cut and I, I should spend more time editing. I think we would come up with some even more. Who knows? Or maybe I'd overthink it. But usually it's just like kind of what comes out is what, what we go with. Yeah, and I think like on top of your your lyrics that are awesome, I think that the the storytelling through the instruments alone is is very powerful, and especially on tunes like like everybody knows and the the lonely sea ones that i was talking about and and it mm-hmm. happens throughout the record but i just think that like there's these awesome moments where you, you just really like allow the instruments to do their own thing you know yeah and, and part give of, it some space to breathe part of that is is also orchestration which is uh you know where you'll have like a song with a long introduction that's piano and violin you know and then there'll be a section where it's just bass and drums later, you know? So it's not everybody playing all the time mm-hmm. at all. So there's these whole, these kind of, these tunes evolve, and then there'll be big sections where everybody's playing and everybody's singing, you know, and it's huge. And, um, and you know, that makes such a big difference if, if, if a band is willing to work that way, where, where you're listening to each other play and not playing and just enjoying that part of the song and then coming in with another part of the song where... There's a different arrangement, you know. It's cool. Yeah, I think at at first I was definitely playing too much piano, and I kind of had to learn that lesson. I, I these guys are pretty soft on me. I wish they were cracking the whip a little harder. Be like, you need to not play here, and just like something else needs to happen. Because there 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 was a point at which we 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 realized that like there needed to be less piano for things to make sense. 
and not be so redundant too. You know. Yeah. So it's actually really easy to arrange with th these guys because everyone comes up with ideas and, and is willing to voice them. Right on. Yeah. Um, did you guys uh, like self-produce the record? Kind of. Did you? Where did you record this? Um, oh, okay. That's a really good question. We recorded with Mark Cater at Falcon Studios. Um, Paul and I know Mark from our previous band. We recorded our album with him, and he did a stellar job. Um, yeah, and I've I've worked with Mark on a bunch of projects now, and he's great. I mean, he's he's not a producer. He's a straight up engineer, and he. He builds pretty much everything in his space. Like he's he's a wizard. So everything from the preamps to I don't even know all the terminology, but he spent a lot of time just building stuff from scratch. So he he knows he knows how to capture sound really well. So if you're a band that wants that just kind of like this is what we sound like live, he can really do that well. Yeah. Yeah. And he just he's one of those guys that's Hit and play, hit and record. Not not really saying too much as far as he what's yeah, going no, on in, no, in the he's, room. He's he's not a producer, and you know he's just he's like whatever you guys want, you know. Yeah. And he's I mean he'll he'll throw in his two cents every now and then, but for the most part he's just letting us go about our journey. I, I think it would be cool to have a producer. We just haven't met anyone, you know. But it seemed like he was really good at 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 um. Getting tones down. You know, oh yeah, and, he you know, captures mixing. sound. Absolutely. He captures sound incredibly and well. Mixing yeah. it great. I mean, and with mixing you know, too. yeah. So I mean, you know, kudos to him for just doing great work. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. yeah, sonically, it's it's really enjoyable to yeah. listen to, and everything cuts through so well, and the mix on it's it. pretty clean. Yeah, yeah, which is what we were kind of going for, I guess. Did he mix it down as well? He or? mixed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right on. And then um, we got it mastered uh, with Cass Anawati, who used to live in um, in Beaverton, but he's since moved to um, where did he go? To Scottsdale, Arizona, I think. Okay. And uh, he once again, I've worked with him on three to four different albums now. So, um, oh no, three different albums. And um, yeah, he does great work too. I pretty much just send it to him and trust that he knows what to do. You know. Yeah, uh, and you're kicking things off with this this album release at Al's Den Residency. Yes, playing yes. seven nights over there at Al's Den. Yep, mm -hmm. just to yep. to celebrate this record that's been kind of like a long time in the making. A bit. It has. I mean, it's been what? It'll be almost two years. No, about a year and a half. I don't know. Yeah, but how long has it been since we first started playing? Since we first went into Division. Oh, well, I think we started the band in 2016. So, yeah, right? No, yeah, earlier? I think it was earlier than that. Way earlier. Okay. I I don't, I'm a horrible judge of time off, and space. Way <laughs> <off>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 16, 16 I don't is, understand is calendars. We, is when we started recording this one. Okay. Okay. So then we must have started, I don't know. I'm ago. I'm basing this on our Facebook page that I think we started in 2016. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm a horrible judge of time and space. Um, as far as the bands that you kind of chose to to bring on to this, oh right, yeah, um, residency because I think so, that's the like these Al's Dens residencies are 
They're very fun. They're, They're super very cool. cool. And it's super cool of McMinimins to be doing this because it, it definitely creates a, a community, you know. Yeah, they with do this. Every week, it's every just week, a new residency. Yeah. Seven nights, and sometimes it's more locally based artists like yourself, and sometimes it's, it's touring artists. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, how did you kind of curate the, okay. that's the a good, lineup for That's this a good thing. question. So the first band that's playing, that's opening for us, is uh, Claybed Submersible. And that's Keegan's band. He plays uh, drums for Libby Connor Band. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I, I know, met him. I know um, Keegan. Keegan yeah. is a, a friend of the, the podcast for sure. Yeah, so um, that was kind of a no-brainer. Um, and then, because um, I, you know, I've, he's released a ton of albums under that moniker like it's crazy i think he's got like eight albums out or something he's prolific i mean he's a drummer in the livy connor band and a great drummer but he's in that band he's playing guitar and singing and yeah and producing and writing so i'm really excited to hear what he what the the trio sounds like um and then um the next night we have uh rachel taylor brown who is just a, a gem of portland musical she's she's a gem i don't know i mean a decent amount of people know her in town but she's like she's been here a long time and we actually have connections through uh the portland state um psu chamber choir we were both in chamber choir which is kind of a thing like if you were in chamber choir and you meet someone else, you're like, <laughs> hey we were both in it. <laughs> we were in it in different different years of course but um so i made that connection with her and her music's just if you haven't heard her music, her new album, uh, Run, I want to say Run, Tiny Animal Run or something like that. Sorry, Rachel, if you're hearing this. Um, <laughs> it's it's really beautiful and haunting. It's kind of in the same kind of haunting world, right? And then the, uh, the next night is uh, uh, Stevie and, and Maria. They are going to be doing like a stripped down duo, intimate yeah. duo of, of, um, of their music and, and some covers too. Um, I know Stevie from when um, when he moved out here from New York, he brought a crew of two different bands. One of them was Excellent Gentleman, and the other one was um, a band that um, Jake played in, which was Paul and Mys. That No, Paul and Eyes. Uh, how <laughs> Our prior bandmate for The Addiction Dream. And so um, I actually met Jake through... This is sort of a long story, but I met Jake through a Craigslist ad. They were looking for a singer, and I started singing with a band. This ties into Chris, who plays with um, um, the Pariahs. Oh, I yeah. don't know if they're still playing, but... Um, Chris Frank, also yeah, so, my, uh, my hockey mate. Oh, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, that. We, You're we, a pine cone. Oh, I'm a pine oh, cone, yeah. Great. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Portland pine cone, shout out. Nice. <laughs> Join your local musician's <laughs> hockey team. <laughs> So, so yeah, so Chris was playing bass in that band. I was singing. Jake was playing keys. And, um, and through that band, I met Steve. And I've just sort of kept in touch. Actually, Steve played at our, my wife and my wedding. Yeah. Um, they're, our, they're our band for the evening, and they're great. Yeah. Um, okay, so those guys are playing on, oh, what day is that? Oh, Where are we? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday night. Wednesday night, um, Ever, uh, Emily Overstreet's playing. And I don't I've actually never met her in real life. I was referred to her by um, uh, Kyleen King from an Instagram ad. That's how you <laughs> find, it's a sponsored Instagram <laughs> ad. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that'll be exciting. I actually have never heard her music, but I'm really excited to hear it. I think that's fun when you yeah. are playing with a like a group or an artist that 
you know their music is good and you like it, but you haven't seen them before. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll, that'll be really interesting. And then the next night is Chris's quintet, um, Frank or Irwin Quintet, I think he's calling you it. You got it. And that's going to be amazing. I've heard his new album. It's really so cool. It's like, it's got elements of Mingus. It's got, well, that's probably the main element that I hear in it, but it's really great. It's he's really just cool. one of my favorite like musicians in town. Too, yes. And just a super he's a great guy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's super cool. So yeah, that'll be awesome to have those guys come, and they're gonna. I think they're a fi- obviously a five piece. So then after that, who do we have? Is that um, the Jack Maybe night? Jack mm-hmm. Maybe, that's right. Yeah. So Former um, guests of the program. Those guys. Um, I answered a Craigslist ad down in uh, Medford. They were like, "Anybody from this area want to play a show with us?" And I was like, "Hey guys," because um, I had played with Hammerhead. Yeah. Is that what they're? It, but brother, it's now, not brother, brother, now, not brother, now. Yes, yeah. So I played some shows with those guys. Or Tyler is plays trumpet in yes. Jack, maybe. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't think he was there that night, but that was my connection. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. So th- anyway, they they had me come in and open that show, and that was great. And so yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm going to return the favor and have them play. They put on a really killer live show. They do. Yeah. All, yeah that's going to be an awesome lineup, though, mm-hmm. for y'all. And then um, there is no mountain is playing Saturday night. Another killer band. Yes, yes. I, I, I don't know. How did I find those guys? I think I was referred to them also by someone else. Very they, cool music. Very, yeah. very mathy. They very put intricate. out like a really crazy huge sound for being a duo. <laughs> yeah, they do. Which is rad. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. I, I enjoyed the, the record a lot, and I spent a lot of time listening to it, and. Um, I dig it quite a bit, and I'm super stoked to see what the live show is all about. And definitely appreciate y'all taking the time to sit down with me and chat about your your tunes and get to know y'all a little bit. Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks, I man. Can't say enough good things about like the songwriting, but just the the whole vibe of the the feel on the record, and it was really seemed to be nailed very well. Cool. Um, the last song that we're gonna play it out is Don't Stop Loving. And that song <laughs> that's the wild has a card. groove, man. <laughs> but like that that was like that was, that's what I was talking about earlier, you know, like there was Don't Stop Loving groove. Really? I never like the whole time I was listening, there was just all these surprises and I was kind of like on the edge of my seat like what's the the, the next song that's going to come up and this this Don't Stop Loving this R&B like fat yeah. R&B. <laughs> it's very different. Love ballad <laughs> and I don't know. I think it addresses some very cool things like lyrically too, just about mm. like sustaining a relationship and, yes. and the work that has to go into a, a like a romantic partnership or any partnership in general. But mm. um and I just I dig this one a lot and I think that this is this is the track that like really shows off Jason's vocal dynamic, hitting some really <laughs> really nice parts on this and just uh yeah, this is like my favorite vocal takes of the of the record on your part part for sure. So thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Do you have anything you want to add to this "Don't Stop Loving" track? Well, like before yeah, I we mean, play it out with you. It? Pretty much said it. It's a it's about it. It was the second love song that I've written for my wife. The first one is on the first album. Second one is on this one. The third one is called "Love and Understanding," which we'll be playing um, uh, at the residency, and that'll be on the next album. So, th- yeah, this is love song number two. And, yeah, it's about 
keeping the love alive when you have kids because it's intense it's just like they take a lot of they they need a lot of love and life is a lot and it gets intense and you have to just like remember to just just take a big breath at the end of the day and like connect with your partner and and make that and let them know that you're you know everything's all good and you love them and Mm. that's pretty much what it's about making that time to, to say i love you Right on, man. Well, I, I can uh, get down with that. Get behind that. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, we end every episode of the podcast with the the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, it's a program, so maybe we could do like all four of you together. We get like a proper Green Mountain Guild. It's a program. Sounds good. Is that, is yeah. Program. Program. Yep, just like my grandfather says program. it. You know, but program. Okay. <laughs> like program with a U. <laughs> Here we go. It's a program. You nailed it. That's the Green Mountain Guild, everybody. Um, I will put all the links in the episode notes so people can find easy ways to follow you on the on all the social medias that you are up there on. And uh, yeah, we're playing it out with uh, "Don't Stop Loving," and this is off the the new Train record off of uh, from from Green Mountain Guild. And that's the that's the Jelly Jam. Thank you guys for for hanging. Appreciate the hang. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Turn out the lights. It won't be long. Finn is tucked in and he's singing his song. Let go the thoughts that crowd your mind The evening is here, let me hold you tight Life's been mad Since we made our little boy Time keeps slipping way too fast
since we made our little boy Time keeps slipping way too fast So much change About whatever we go through We must remember to It's a program. program.